Hallelujah. He said many blessings. I thank God. And I thank the senior pastor and the leadership of the church for giving me this assignment. Hallelujah. I stand here as a woman under authority. And I come to you in the name of the Lord. I believe that the Lord has something for us all tonight, including myself. So I pray that His word will have a free course in all of our lives tonight. Hallelujah. Shall we rise and pray? I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. When your spirit, when your spirit with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Our Father and our King, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for gathering us all at your feet tonight to show us your ways. Lord, we thank you for your love for us, and we thank you that your presence is here with us. We pray that tonight you will open our ears and give us the hearing ears to hear your voice. I pray that every other voice will be silenced and only your voice shall be made audible even to our ears tonight in the name of Jesus. Our Father, we say have your way in us. We know that your thoughts are pleasant and they are numerous even concerning our lives. They are even uncountable according to the psalmist. But tonight we pray that you will give us a word that will be the key even to your purposes for our lives. That we will walk in your ways and walk worthy of you and to all pleasing. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I don't, like, I don't know why some people like sitting at the back. I like to feel you. So, if you have no good reason for sitting at the back, please draw nigh to me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Tonight, we are talking about walking in godly plans and purposes. Walking in godly plans and purposes. Amen. And I want us to look at two anchor scriptures for our topic tonight. The first one is from Psalm 1. 39, verse 13 to 18. And I'm reading from the NLT. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Amen. A second reading is from Acts chapter 17, verse 26 and 27. Acts 17, 26 and 27. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. Hallelujah. He said many blessings. I have come to realize that God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. Indeed, God had a plan for mankind. And he laid out the plan before he even formed man. And sin came and disrupted God's plan. But God has not discarded his plans towards us. He still has plans for us. And tonight, we are determined that we want to know the plans of God for us and also walk in them. Hallelujah. See, God does everything so deliberately that... There is nothing that happens with God by chance. And the scripture that we read is telling us that each and every one of us sitting here is not an accident or a happenstance in this world. You didn't you are not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that you are here in in year 
2019 is not a coincidence. It's all part of the plan of God. And irrespective of the circumstance of your birth and you know your life and all the changing scenes in your life, know that God has a plan for you. Because the word of God makes this so very clear that it's like there's a divine plan that has been written out by the Lord even before you and I arrived on this planet on our birthday. That's what the word of God tells us. He says that even our um, innermost parts, every organ in us that was being formed, God himself formed it. And our, our complexion, our, even our gender, our height, our stature, everything about us is something that God had planned. Just as even when somebody is going to build a house, like, okay, here we have our plan for our retreat center. It is over there. And we are looking at it. And I believe that when the, the builders begin to work, this is the plan that they are going to follow to, to build it so that at the end of the day, this picture that we are seeing here will be a reality on the ground. Hallelujah. And that is the same way in which before we were even born, he says that before, yeah, let me go over the scripture and say, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. So God saw us, every part of our life, every aspect of our lives before we were even born, each and every one of us. And he says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Hallelujah. So our life, our whole life is like the plan of a building that has been carefully um, put together before we even arrived on this planet Earth. And everything is recorded. And every moment, every single day is there, is recorded for us. And they are not, the plan that God has for us, they are not bad plans. Because in the verse 18, he says that, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Hallelujah. So everything that God has written about us, we do sing uh, the song of the Lord, and we say that everything written about you is great. Hallelujah. And I believe that everything also that God has written in his book concerning you and me is also great. The Bible tells us that they are pleasant. And there are, there are a lot of, there are numerous pleasant thoughts that the Lord 
has for us. They cannot even be numbered. Hallelujah. So, the Lord has even better plans for ourselves than what we even can even think for ourselves. We can have so many wonderful plans for ourselves, but be assured that what God is saying in His Word is the truth, that He has even far, far better plans for you and me. Amen. And apart from even our physical and, you know, our, our, our being, um, being God's, God um, preparing everything about us and planning, planning everything about us, even where to stay, where we live, is also something that God has already planned. In the Amplified Version of Acts chapter 17, there's... 26 and 27. I want to go over that again. It says that, and, and he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle in the face of the earth. So, meaning that from Adam, he made nations and peoples to settle on the face of the earth, in the whole universe, the, the, the continents. We all come out of Adam, and it is the Lord who has made us. And the interesting thing that he continues to say is that, having definitely determined their allotted period of time, and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlement, Lands and abodes. Hallelujah. That is verse 26. So the Lord is saying that where you are even staying, where you have even stayed before, where you went to school, where you are working, everything is already planned by the Lord. Hallelujah. And even your lifespan, how long you are supposed to be here. So, our purpose on this earth, there is a time limit to it. Amen. Just that we don't know the time frame ourselves. No one knows it. But all that is required of us is that we should be faithful to the Lord. Hallelujah. So, whatever we are and wherever we are, it is in the plan of the Lord. It is not by accident. Whoever we are, even the parents who gave birth to us, to us, is all planned by the Lord. And He is waiting for us to come and fulfill what He has recorded concerning us. Hallelujah. In the verse 27 of Acts chapter 17, He tells us God's purpose for us. He says that. So that they should seek God. Hallelujah. So that they should seek God. In the hope that they might feel after him and find him. Although he is not far from each one of us. Hallelujah. So God created us as um, human beings. Male 
and female. And um, now, at this time, maybe not all of us are Ghanaians, but um, through whatever circumstances, we find ourselves here in Ghana. So, the word of God is telling us that even this, God has a purpose for it. And what is the purpose? So that we will seek the Lord. So his purpose for us is that we will seek the Lord. And that we will also feel after him. We would we will be drawn to him. And when we are drawn to him and we, we yearn after him, then we will find him. Indeed, God is not far from us at all. That's what the word of God is telling us. That he is not far from each one of us. So if we seek him with all our hearts and we yearn after him, we will be, he will be found of us. Because he says that whoever seeks him will also find him. Hallelujah. So as we talk about following or walking in godly plans and purposes, we should know that you and I are a very important part of God's plan on this planet Earth. Hallelujah. No matter who you are, you are part of God's plan on this Earth. No matter where you come from, once, especially you are a child of God, because the Bible says that God has made all things for himself, even the wicked he has made for the day of trouble. See, so he also made wicked people uh, that the day that he wants to permit some trouble to come in his own wisdom, uh, he will use, take them and use them. Hallelujah. So that is their purpose, <laughs> to bring us trouble. But when God allows trouble to come, to come our way, he has a reason. And the Bible says that all things work together for good, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So even when he has permitted the wicked to come and cross, cause you trouble, um, at the end of the day, it is not meant to, to finish you off and to um, disrupt God's plan for your life and for my life. But it is to, in fact, it's also part of God's plan to make you even come out better and for everything to work out his perfect plan concerning you and me to work out beautifully to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. So, we must know that you are a major part of God's plan. And then he has a purpose or a particular assignment for you and I to also fulfill in the earth. You are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. God knows every detail of your life. In fact, the minutest detail to the um, scanty hair on your skin. He knows everything concerning you and me. And he has precious thoughts concerning you and me, even for this dispensation. Hallelujah. And where we are staying, where we are working, 
where we have been before and where we are going to be in future, irrespective of the circumstance that even took you to that place, it is all part of the plan of the Lord. Hallelujah. There was a man in the Bible called Joseph. He had a dream. God showed him his plan for his life. And he saw it two times. The plan was a very pleasant plan. And what was the plan that God showed to Joseph? The plan was that he was going to be a ruler. And his rulership it will even is not only over his brethren, but even his mother and father. You know, it was such a big dream. Hallelujah. And a good dream, a pleasant dream. Hallelujah. But then the plan of God, even towards the fulfillment of that dream, was full of many, many difficult things that I don't think that when he received his uh, revelations and he was telling it, I don't think he even imagined that that was part of the plan. Hallelujah. So, the plan of God is not always um, rosy, 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 rosy. Even roses have thorns. So, Joseph went through all the difficulties. But at the end of the day, the word that God gave to him was fulfilled. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 105, verse 17 to 19, that he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They had his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Hallelujah. So, until the word that was given to him that he was happily proclaiming to his, um, his parents and his siblings, until that word came to pass, he had to go through some trials. And some of those trials have been listed here. That he was sold as a slave. And they hurt his feet. They put him in, in chains and, and iron. It wasn't easy at all. It wasn't a, a cozy prison. Like maybe this modern, this modern, some of these modern day prisons that we know and we can even go and minister there and all of that. It was not like that at all for Joseph. But I believe that Joseph followed and walked in the godly plans by enduring persecutions, by enduring all the, the hardship. So at the end of the day, all the honor that he was stripped of, it, came, it was restored back to him, and God fulfilled his word for him. Amen. So, if we even go through difficulties as children of God. That doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. The Bible says that even when Joseph was in prison, as a prisoner, the Bible says that God was with him and he, he prospered. God prospered him. Hallelujah. So he was a prosperous prisoner. Even when he was a houseboy too, at the time that somebody who has received a vision that he's a, a king, 
he became a, a slave or a houseboy. Even with, in that time, God was with him. And the Lord prospered him. And everything that he did prospered. Hallelujah. So no matter what your station in life is, um, you don't say that, ah, God, God doesn't love me. That is a lie from the devil. The devil comes to tell us all kinds of lies. But God, let God be true and let all men be liars. Hallelujah. So, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with me. Once you are a child of God, who is walking after Jesus, following Jesus, even if you go through difficulties, even if you are persecuted, even if you are called names, don't think that God has forsaken you. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus himself said that you are even blessed if they persecute you, if they call you names, if they, they do all manner of things against you. You are even blessed um, to go through tribulations, not because of anything bad that you did, but because you stood for Jesus. Hallelujah. So, God has a plan for you and me, and he has placed us wherever we are for his purpose, that we would do what we will seek after him, that we will seek after him. That is the purpose that God has for mankind, that we will seek after him. In Ecclesiastics, he says that the whole duty of man is that we... We will love him and obey his commandment. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 talks about the conclusion of the whole matter. Ecclesiastes 13, sorry, chapter 12 verse 13. Ecclesiastes 12 13. I'll take it from the Amplified. All has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship Him, knowing that He is and keep His knowing that He is and keep His commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of His creation. I like that that part. These are the full original purpose of His creation the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, and the whole duty of every man. So, the whole duty of every man, including you and me, is to Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Hallelujah. Is to seek the Lord. Is to love him. To love him with all our hearts and with all our might and with all our soul. And that is the, the summary of the commandment. If he says that to fear God and keep his commandments, the commandment is, is summarized. That we should love the Lord with our whole being and also love our neighbor 
as ourselves. That is our whole duty. Hallelujah. So, if God has placed us on this earth to please Him and to worship Him and to serve Him, we, we don't have to go astray and choose our own way. Because if we choose our own way, then we can't say that we are working in God's plan. We can't choose our own way and say, okay, um, this is my idea of following God's plan for my life or following godly um, plans and purposes for my life. Okay, um, I'll dream big and whatever seems good to me, I'll pray that the Lord will endorse it and then I'll follow it. That is wrong. It is not God's way. We have to give ourselves wholly to the Lord. In, in Acts chapter 17 that we read in from the verse 29, he says that, Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by, by art and man's devising. Truly, these, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Hallelujah. So, for everything, every purpose that God has assigned to you and I to live by, there's going to be a day of reckoning. A day that Jesus, he is the one who died and rose again from the dead. He will come again. And he is the one to whom we will render our account. So, we don't have to go after other things and, and prioritize other things. If we prioritize other things um, and we put God, God's purpose on the back burner, then it means that we have disobeyed Him, actually. Even partial obedience is not obedience. It is disobedience. And when the day of reckoning comes, how are we going to what account are we going to, to give? So, knowing this, that God has a purpose for us, and there's a time frame which we do not even know when um, it will come to an end for him to say, okay, now you are finished, pens down, pass your papers forward. Um, you have finished um, writing your paper. <laughs> It's not like that. Uh, I always say that a human being is not a sardine thing, that they are written expiry date on it. You see? So we have to be faithful to the Lord. Every day that we live is an opportunity to please the Lord because He has made us and He, he has created us for His own pleasure that will show forth His praise and will show forth His glory. Hallelujah. And one may even ask that, ah, okay, so how do I 
know the plan of God for me? How do I know the plan of God for my life that I will follow it? Okay, now, you're saying that I'm not an accident, I'm not a coincidence, and I'm in this Ghana um, at this particular time, in this particular year, in this particular church. Even in your being in this church is also part of God's plan and all of that. And staying where you are staying and all of that. Okay, so what does God, how do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know what God wants me to do so that I can follow the plan of God for my life? I can follow godly purposes and plans and not go astray and be doing other things. That will not be in the plan of God. So, hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, Isaiah 33, verse 6 tells us the key to, to this. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the NIV. Isaiah 33, 6, he says that he will be the sure foundation of your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Hallelujah. This used to be our slogan many, many years ago. So, God has a, um, he says that he will be the sure foundation of our times. Our life is made of times and seasons. And the Lord himself is the sure foundation of every time and every season of our lives. Hallelujah. And he says that there's also a rich store of salvation. And what? And I believe that most of us, if not all of us here, have experienced this rich store of salvation. By the grace of God, we have been saved. Hallelujah. But that doesn't also end there. It says, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. So, the knowledge of the will of God. The knowledge of the purposes of God for our lives. Um, is available to us. He says, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Hallelujah. And there's another verse that I came across, which was also a slogan before in Psalm 25, verse 14. It says that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Hallelujah. So the fear of the Lord is key. If we fear the Lord, if we reverence the Lord, our, the plan that God has for our lives will be unfolded because the fear of the Lord is the key that will unlock all his plans for our lives so that we will be able to follow the purposes of God for our lives. Amen. And then when we have come to know the purpose of God for our lives, how do we pursue the purposes of the Lord? How do we pursue the purposes of the Lord in 
in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says that two cannot work together except they agree. So, getting to know God's plans and God's purposes for our lives is one thing. And then, to walk in it is also another. To walk in the, the godly plans and purposes, we have to agree with the Lord. Amen. We have to agree with what the word of God is saying about our lives. We, we should not argue with God and doubt God. We should agree with him. If we don't agree with him, we cannot walk with him. We have to agree with what he, he tells us in his word. And it's through the word of God that we can know his plans for our lives. In fact, even if God appeared to you in a dream and told you um, about your life and your future, like how he appeared to Joseph and gave him two dreams on two separate occasions. Still, the word of God, every plan, every dream, every revelation that comes to you as a plan of God must be confirmed by the word of God. It cannot be a contradiction of the word of God. Hallelujah. So if God, if somebody gives you a revelation, or maybe you yourself have a, a revelation, and the whole thing is not bringing glory to God, it's not glorifying Jesus, it's not um, drawing you to love Jesus, you know, it's not drawing you to love Jesus. And the whole thing is like, okay, it's a revelation that you are so sure about, but um, the word of God has even spoken against it. Um, an example that can readily come to my mind is who to marry. Okay, um, God may not come to you in a dream and say that, you know, marry this person. But then even if God came to you in a dream and told you to marry A or B, and that person is an unbeliever, then the dream is not from God. Hallelujah. So the word of God is what we need to even check revelations that we get that are kind of pointing us to God's purposes and God's plans for our lives. They must be in agreement with the word of God. So, and agreeing with God means that we have to forsake our own way. See, we can't, there's no way we can, you know, uh, share God with ourselves. And say, okay, we are partitioning the thing into chamber and hall. God is on one side, and then me too. I'm on one side, so I'll do God, God's own small, and then I'll also do my own also small. That is a divided heart, and God does not like that at all. He says that, I wish that you are hot or cold. You know, God doesn't like the in-betweens, and God is also a jealous God. He doesn't want us to share him with anybody at all, or anything at all. He wants us to, to give ourselves completely to him. Amen. 
So we have to forsake our own way. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, he says that all we, Isaiah 53, 6, we are saying that we, we have to forsake our own way. See, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So, when we choose our own way, it means that we have gone astray. We have totally deviated from God's plan and God's purpose. Because, you see, God says that his way is, is higher than our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. There's no way we can compare our ways and our plans to, to God's plan. Our, our, our own plans are woefully um, inferior to the plans that God has for us. So if we choose our own way, we can't say that our own way is um, equated to the way of God. So once we choose our own way, it means we have gone astray. It means we have deviated. So if we agree with God's way or God's purpose for us, we have to, every plan that we have, we have to do it. We have to forsake it. Amen. We have to forsake our own way. Uh, I was listening to one man of God many years ago, and he was like, okay, so working with God uh, is like a very short man working with a very tall man who, when he takes one step, he has already reached the back there. And the short man too takes one step and is just a foot. You know, and how can you synchronize your way or your work with the Lord, it is by repentance to turn from our own way and say, Lord, I put my own way aside and I want to walk with you. I want to walk in your ways. I want to walk worthy of you. So I repent for choosing my own way. I repent for making my own plans without even uh, considering how you even feel about it and what you even say about it. Um, so repentance is the right attitude when we know the, when we come to know the purposes of God for our lives. And when we have come to this point, what the Apostle Paul told Timothy was that he should give himself holy. Give himself holy. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. There are a number of important points there that we will have to take note of. First Timothy 4, 14 and 15. He said that, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be, may be evident to all. Hallelujah. So, there are a number of things to take note of in this particular admonition, so that we will apply our hearts to it. Amen. He says that, do not neglect the gift that is in you. God has given each and every one of us 
a gift. And the gift that he has given to us, it is for the benefit of the body of Christ. And so we shouldn't be like that servant who took the gift, the um, talent that was given to him, and he wrapped it somewhere and then hid it in the ground and said to the master, on the day of reckoning, he said that, um, I know I was afraid because you are a very stern master uh, who reads where he has not sown. So here you are with your talents. And the end of that servant was what? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. And uh, we know that in heaven there is no weeping. So where do you suppose that this man went to? Yes, he went to hell. So we, we, we don't have to um, hide our gifts that God has given to us. We have to use it to serve the household of faith. We don't have to neglect it. That do not neglect. Some people have gifts which they have neglected. They have put their gift aside. Many years ago, one of the uh, our senior brothers in the fellowship that we really used to look up to, he used to say that, eh? You know, so for him, if you speak in tongues, you shouldn't just keep your mouth shut and then not be praying. You have to be speaking in tongues, you know, and. So we don't have to, to, to neglect the gifts that God has given to us. And then he says that we should do what? Meditate on these things. What has the Lord said about you? What has the Lord told you? What has the Lord spoken to you concerning his plans for your life? Um, concerning his purposes for your life? Have you paid attention to it? Have you... Are you considering it? Are you working in those things that he said to you? You have to meditate. Give a, a deep thought to it. We don't have to just neglect it and say, oh, okay, you know, just let it come and pass. It's one of those things. God has a purpose for you. And when, we, when you hear it, when I hear it, when we hear it, we have to take it very, very seriously and do something about it. So the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy that, look, meditate on these things. You know, like Mary, everything that was said about Jesus, what did she do? She pondered upon it. She pondered it in her heart. She didn't forget it. She kept it in her heart until she saw Everything being fulfilled that was told to her concerning Jesus. And that is what we have to do when God tells us something concerning the plans that he has for us. We don't just have to overlook it and say, oh, okay, I think I have better plans. This thing that God is telling me, if I do it, everybody will reject me. Everybody will forsake me. They will even call me names. Uh, When they see that I'm coming, they will even turn their backs on me. And I can't bear to do that. So... You know, because all of that is part of the plans of God, as I said earlier on. Amen.
So he says, meditate on these things. And then he said that give thyself, give yourself entirely to them. Give yourself entirely to them. Amen. So we have to give ourselves entirely, wholly, completely to the things that God has said to us. When sometimes the plans of God, or what God would have us to do, it may come in the form of an instruction, even from your pastor, even from your leader. And even though you didn't receive a revelation of an angel of the Lord telling you that um, get up on Saturday and go to Bema Camp Market to go and witness and all that, um, it is still the Lord telling you, and we have to give ourselves wholly to these things that we have heard. When we hear from the pulpit that God has made us, once you are a born again child of God, speaking in tongues, baptized in water, he says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of Christ. He says that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. These are all things that God has said in his word concerning us, his children. And we need to give attention to it and give ourselves wholly to that. And if we give ourselves entirely and wholly to it, that is when we begin to um, act, um, put into action all that God has told us to do. God told Joshua, he says that this book of the law should not depart from your mouth. You should meditate upon it day and night and observe to do everything that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we have to meditate on the word of God, especially particular things that instructions that God has given unto us. And when we meditate upon it, then the transformation will be taking place and we will find ourselves fulfilling God's plan for our lives. And there's another scripture that we will look at. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 says that and so I'm sure that you all know this scripture very well but we'll read it. Romans 12 1 and 2 and so I'm reading NLT and so dear brothers and sisters I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and, and holy sacrifice, the kind that, will find as, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. So we are to give our bodies 
as a living sacrifice to the Lord because of all that Jesus Christ has done for us. And what did Jesus do for us? Jesus gave himself for us. In fact, um, it is what Jesus did that we are to emulate. We are to also copy. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 7, this is what he said. He said, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Amen. So, this is what Jesus said. He said that what has been written about him, he knows that the body that he carried to this world, he carried it here for a purpose, to come and give himself for our salvation. So, considering that Jesus Christ did this this for us, we are also being admonished that we should give our bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice. A holy one that God will be pleased with. You know, considering all that he has done for us. When we consider the painful death and the humiliation and all that the King of Glory came to go through for us, who did not even deserve anything that he did for us, then... This is the right and the true way by which we can also worship him by also offering our bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Um, somebody said the living sacrifice sometimes because the sacrifice is not dead and it's alive. When the fire is hot then it will just jump off from the altar. But we should not do that. Amen. Because Working in the plans of God will also include some very uncomfortable and unpleasant times in, in our lives. He says that, yes, all those who desire to live godly in Christ will do what? They will suffer persecution. So, it is it's a sure banker that... Um, if we want to really, really live a godly life or follow God's work in godly plans and purposes after the persecutions, we will suffer it. And we shouldn't say that because of the persecution, we will not follow the Lord again. It is all part of it. And the Apostle Paul said something that when he compares the, the suffering, he even calls it light affliction, and the things that the man went through, they were very serious things. I don't think any of us have gone through that. But he called them light affliction. You know, some of us, if somebody even sizes us up, just on one occasion, it will send us parking. That's, that is our way, and we should repent from that way. Amen. So we should 
give ourselves wholly to the Lord and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And then, and the Lord, when we have gone through even trials and tribulations and all of that, He has promised, as He says, that all things work together. You know, this scripture, most of the time, we just say that all things work together for good for those who love Him, and then we end there. But the the whole thing is that it's for those who are called according to His purpose. So, we know that we are called according to his purpose. If we are walking in the purposes of the Lord, and we are walking in obedience to the Lord, if we are walking worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing, and we, we go through hardships, we go through difficulties, maybe because of your stand for Jesus, there are certain positions that they will not even uh, consider you at all. They say, they look at the crewman's face before they give him his rice. So they look at your face and say, this one, if we put him or her there, it will become tough. So because of that, uh, <laughs> that's if you are marking time. You have done everything uh, which should qualify you and you are still marking time because of your faith. Because of your stand for Jesus. Because you are truthful. Don't worry. At the appointed time, even if you are in the desert, they will send to come and fetch you. Even if you are in the wilderness, they will send for you. That is what happened to Joseph. See, um, he was telling his dream like that. And he earned um, many enemies. Yeah. He earned ten enemies. So it, for him, it was ten against one. Uh, ten people, ten brethren, they all didn't like him because of his dream. And sometimes I wonder, ah, this man, so supposing he had kept quiet and didn't tell his dream, I mean, could, could this have helped the situation? Maybe, you know, but I realized that it was all part of the plan of God. When, I'm sure that when he got to heaven, he realized that, yeah, it was, in fact, before he even got to heaven, he realized it. And so when his brethren came to, to meet him there, and they wanted to apologize to him, he told them that, no, don't worry. In fact, you didn't send me here. It was God who sent me here. Uh-huh. You thought you sent me here. <laughs> because you dug a pit, uh, put me in it, and then you came and sold me. So you thought that you brought me here, but no. You are not the one who brought me here. God brought me here. You meant it for evil, but God met, meant it for good. As for you, you wanted me to die. But, in fact, God used you, you know what I was talking about, about the uh, wicked people. God creates them for the day of trouble. See, so... God made them like that so that <laughs> uh, they will knock Joseph into his purposes. And sometimes in the, the plans of God also will entail God disrupting your own plans through some circumstances. Hallelujah. You can have the plan. You'll be going like that. Then something will happen. 
and then it will just knock you off course. Maybe some examination. You will sit it, ah, not that you adapt to, you alone, you won't pass. God has a plan. Maybe that is not where he wants you to go. He has other plans for you, and there are even better plans. So, if you fail exams, don't say, ah, God has forsaken me. He hasn't forsaken you. He has to, you know, do a little disruption there, so that your feet will go to the right path where he, he wants you to be. Hallelujah. So, it's all part of the plans and the purposes of God. So I want us to quickly run through what we have learned tonight for the benefit of those who walked in late. Um, we have said that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And um, we read Psalm 139, verse 13, which was telling us that, um, and which tells us that, in fact, the way we were even formed in our mother's womb, whether we, you know, we came out fair or short or male or female or every aspect of our body to the minutest detail, it's all part of God's plan and God's purpose, who your parents should be and all of that. It's all part of God's plan and purpose. And we also looked at um, Acts chapter 17, which tells us that God has already even determined the place where we should live and how long we should live there and, you know, where we should work, where we should uh, go to school. Everything has already been um, predetermined. It's all been planned by the Lord. Just as when we are going to build, we do a nice uh, drawing and a plan and the builders look upon it to build so that after the thing has been built, what we see, the nice picture we see here behind us will be on the ground. The same way God, before we even arrived on this planet on our birthday, everything has already been written. Every day that we will spend has been written down in his book. And God put us in this earth so that we will do what we will seek after him, we will, we will worship him, we will fear him and obey his commandment. That is the whole duty of man. And obeying the Lord, uh, the Lord's command shouldn't be a partial obedience. It's a total obedience with our whole being, spirit, soul, and body, and also loving our neighbor as ourselves. And how we are to know the purpose of God for our lives is to look at what God is saying about our lives as children of God. We cannot put the word of God aside. In fact, the word of God is, contains the will of God for us. So if we put the word of God aside and we want to focus on what we will hear somebody telling us or what we ourselves will receive by way of revelations or dreams and all that, and we put the word of God aside, we can go wrong. We need the word of God. And even if we received a revelation, it's the word of God that would actually um, 
confirm it. It's authenticity. Amen. And after knowing, yeah, then we have to have the fear of God in our lives. If we fear the Lord, He will reveal His secrets to us and He will confirm His covenant with us. So, the fear of the Lord is the key that will open the store of God's bounty for us. And when we have gotten to know the plan of God for our lives, the next thing that we have to do is to agree with the Lord. We don't have to argue with the Lord. We don't have to doubt the Lord. We have to agree with Him because um, two cannot work together except they are in agreement. And we have to forsake our own way because our ways are inferior. It cannot be compared to what God has for us. What God has for us is far, 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 far better. He says that my ways as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. So we have to forsake our own inferior ways and, and turn to the Lord in repentance and agree with him and embrace his will for us. And we have to give ourselves what? Entirely and totally and wholly to what God has said concerning our lives. And there are many things that the word of God has said concerning our lives as believers. We should, we should not just gloss over it and think that ah, this thing, I've been hearing it several times. I've been hearing it several times. We have to stop and really give thought to it. and Pay attention to what he is telling us. And the gift that God has given to us, we should not neglect the gifts. We should be faithful in using the gifts to, to edify the body of Christ. And we should also think, meditate on the word of God and be fully committed to what God has said to us. Then we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Yes. And we've talked about the fact that it also, following God's plans um, will entail sufferings and persecutions and some unpleasant things, some afflictions. Um, but at the end of the day, what does the Word of God tell us? All things work together for good. In fact, it's all parts of the package. And sometimes the Lord also comes to disrupt our own plans for his own glory and for his own honor. Because there is a way that seems right to us as human beings. Because we know in part and we are limited in um, our perception. So we may see something as very good. But if God, um, God sees that this thing is going to derail his plan for us, he will disrupt it. And when he disrupts it, we shouldn't stubbornly want to by all means go back to it. We should just give in and learn to say thy will be done. That is what Jesus actually did. When he came to offer his body at a certain point, it was very difficult. And he was sincere with God. And he prayed. 
And when he prayed, he received strength to go to the cross on, on our behalf. So, when we face the difficulties, we should always turn to the Lord. We cannot do without prayer. We cannot do without prayer. We cannot do without seeking the face of God. We cannot do without that. So, prayer and the word of God and the close fellowship with the Lord is what will make us succeed in working in his plans and, and purposes for our lives. Hallelujah. So at this time we want to pray to the Lord concerning what we have heard tonight. I don't know what God is telling you as an individual but talk to God concerning the action points. Are you ready to forsake your own way? Are you ready to agree with the Lord? What He is saying concerning your life? Your own way that you think is the popular view. Are you ready to, to forsake that and give yourself completely to the will of God? Are you ready to go back for the gift of God that God has given to you, which you neglected because of one thing or the other? You know that gift that God gave to you. Are you ready to turn back and go for it? Because he says that we should not neglect it. We don't want to go to the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. On the day of reckoning. On the day that we have to go and render account to the Lord. We don't want to be counted with those wicked servants who didn't do anything at all with their gifts, who neglected their gifts somewhere because of fear. If there is fear, talk to the Lord about it. And the Lord is ready to help you. Let's follow the way of our Master. He came and He offered His body. And he was ready to do what was written concerning him in the volume of the book. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Let this be your prayer as you sing it. 